scriptures this morning and go ahead and find the gospel of Matthew, the 11th chapter, please, as we are going back to prison where we find John the Baptist again. And he's not there because of something that he did wrong. He's actually in prison because of something that he did right. He's there because he dared to speak the truth about Herod's actions in taking his brother's wife to be his own. And we'll see more about that and about her next time we visit with John. But today, we're with John in what I would describe a very low point of his life. While there are those who would deny it, and some of them are very strong in their denial, I think it's pretty evident that John the Baptist in today's passage is struggling in his faith. In fact, this has become one of my favorite episodes from John's life. And I know that sounds strange, in other words, to like the most, the lowest point in his life, but I want you to hear me out. I'm not being a sadistic or weird in saying that. What this shows me when I study it is that John was just like me and just like you. He was human. And John struggled too. In fact, that's the title of today's message, John Struggled Too. He didn't deny his faith. He didn't renounce his faith. He didn't change his faith. But he did struggle in his faith. And uh, today we see John in prison. And there seems like maybe there's some doubts that begin to run through his mind. And before we read this passage, we're going to read Matthew uh, 11, verses 1 through 19. I want to kind of lay out for you what's going on before we read it. In verses 2 and 3, we're going to have a message that goes from John to Jesus. John sends a message to Jesus in verses 2 and 3. And in verses 4 through 6, we have that Jesus sends a message back to John. And then in verses 7 through 19, we have a message from Jesus to the people about John. And so that's kind of what goes on here. You have a, a message from John to Jesus, then a message from Jesus to John, and then Jesus turns and talks to the people about John. So you can kind of think through that as we read the Scripture today in Matthew 11, 1 through 19. Matthew 11, 1 through 19, it says, Now it came to pass... When Jesus finished commanding His twelve disciples that He departed from there to teach and preach in their cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, He sent two of His disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one or do we look for another? Are you the coming one or do, or do we look for another? Verse 4. Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, 
What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. Verse 11, Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, this is Jesus talking about John, Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there's not risen one greater than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you're willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But to what shall I liken this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their companions and saying, We played the flute for you. And you did not dance. We mourn to you, and you did not lament. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a wine bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by her children. Now, as I said there, you have some messages going on here. The first one is a message from John to Jesus. The second one is a message from Jesus to John. And the third one is a message about John to the multitude there. And I'm not going to take much time with the last of those three. We're going to focus our attention upon the interaction between John and Jesus. But do let me say some things about what Jesus said about John. Now remember, John is in prison. Perhaps he's questioning a lot of stuff right now. He's struggling He's no longer baptizing the masses. He's no longer preaching. He's no longer free. He's bound. He's locked up. But notice what Jesus said about him. He said he was a prophet. He said not only is he a prophet, he's even greater than a prophet. He's more than a prophet. He said among those born of women, there's none that's risen greater than John the Baptist. John is in prison. But Jesus confirms reaffirms and commends John's ministry. Jesus is very clear, I am pleased with John. I mean, John is the forerunner. John is the one going forward, preparing the way, announcing the way of the King, the Lord Jesus. And Jesus is pleased with John. Wonderful things to say about John. But John is still in prison. And it's important for us to note this, beloved, because sometimes as God's children, we find ourselves in bad situations, in hard circumstances, in dark places, and it's not because we've done wrong. It's not because God's displeased with us. Jesus commends John. Wonderful things about John. I mean, imagine Jesus saying that about you or me. He says it about John but he leaves him in prison. Why? Because that was the sovereign will of God concerning John the Baptist at this time in his life. And I say that only to say this. We're not always going to understand why certain things happen in our lives. 
But in those times, we still have to trust in the Lord. We have to trust the Lord anyway. Now, we may not be in prison right now suffering for Jesus, but I have a hunch in a group this size, there are those in this congregation who are like, I think John was at this point in his life, you are struggling in your faith. You've not renounced your faith. You've not denied your faith. Faith, You've not blasphemed God. But if truth were known, if you were to be very honest with yourself, you were to tell other people honestly, you are struggling right now in your faith. You haven't lost your faith. You haven't given it up. You haven't gone against it. But you're struggling in your faith. Well, I want to say to you today, you're in good company. You're in good company. And John here shows us what we need to do at those times in our lives. Now, maybe you're here today and you say, I've never been better in my faith. I mean, I am just, I am on cloud nine. I mean, I wake, I look for my halo in the mirror every morning. If that's you, God bless you, pray for the rest of us. But, but let me encourage you too, while you're polishing your halo, you might want to take a few notes today because it's not a very far path from polishing your halo <laughs> to struggling in your faith. What do we do when we're struggling in our faith. I want to talk to you about that today. What do you do when you're struggling in your faith? John shows us some very important things to do when we're at that point in our life. Some of you are there right now. Some of you are going to be there very soon. You don't even know it, but you're going to be there. What do you do when you're struggling with your faith? Are you ready? John shows us here the first thing you need to do is you need to talk to Jesus. You need to talk to Jesus. Now look back at the passage, verses 2 and 3. And when John had heard in prison that the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? John didn't have a phone to call Jesus. He couldn't text him. And so he did what he could do. He sent two of his own disciples with a message for Jesus. And it was a very simple question. Are you the coming one or do we look for another? Now, we have an even greater blessing than John. You remember in Matthew eleven eleven when Jesus said that among those born of women, there's none greater than John the Baptist. But then the second part of that verse says, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. In other words, we have greater, we're not greater than John the Baptist in character, but in privilege we are. We have the great privileges of living on this side of the cross. We have so many blessings, and one of those blessings is the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us, and one of those blessings is that we can have access to Jesus at any time, at any moment, anywhere. There's no place we can go where we cannot commune with the Lord. No matter where we are, we have direct access to the Lord Jesus. But John here... He couldn't call, couldn't text, couldn't communicate other than sending some of his own disciples. When we want to talk to Jesus, we just bow our heads. But John's in prison, so he sends these disciples. And he asks Jesus a question. Now, you and I, we pray. And can I, can I just submit to you this simple practice, beloved? When you're struggling in your faith, when things don't make sense, 
when you're wrestling with things in your life, you need to go to Jesus and talk with Him. Go to Jesus and talk with Him. Now let me just clarify that a moment. You need to be honest with Him. You need to tell Him what's on your mind. Tell Him what's on your heart. Tell Him what you're struggling with. John was hearing about what was going on outside of the prison walls. It says there very clearly that he he heard about the works of Christ. And yet in John's mind, I think some things just didn't make sense to him. Now remember, he's the forerunner. He's the one that went ahead of Jesus. And things maybe have not turned out the way that John thought they would. I mean, Jesus is out there ministering, doing all these works, but I'm sitting here in prison. I think he was confused. Now, we don't know how clearly John understood the full agenda of Jesus. Perhaps he thought that Jesus was going to judge and overthrow the human rulers and establish His kingdom on the earth. And by the way, He is going to do that. He is going to do that. But He didn't do it in His first coming. He's going to do that in His second coming. And I don't know how much John understood about the agenda and the timeline of Jesus' life and ministry. But what John did understand is he had been appointed by God to be the forerunner. He had been obedient to God. He had baptized Jesus. He had done all these things. And yet he finds himself sitting in prison. And you know, beloved, we get so confused because we don't understand many times God's ways and God's timing. We see things from a human standpoint. We see things from a very limited perspective. I read about a young man many years ago who was enduring a crisis of faith. And he went to a preacher and he confessed to the preacher that he no longer believed in God. I no longer believe in God. And so the preacher said, so you're an atheist. So describe to me the kind of God you don't believe in. The story said the young man proceeded and told the preacher about God. The preacher very kindly and very patiently listened. Then the preacher said these words, My boy, that makes two of us. I don't believe in that God either. And that story hit upon something I think that is a great contributor to a lot of our struggles and a lot of our doubts and a lot of our confusion. And that is we conjured up in our mind a God that we understand, a God that fits our expectations, a God that fits our likings, a God that makes things happen the way we think they should happen. And when that God fails in some way, we fall flat on our face. And we say, I'm not sure I really can hold on to this faith. And I'm not saying or suggesting that's what John did. John's doubts and struggles were, uh, were honest. He was not denying his faith, not renouncing his faith, not even coming up with his own idea of God. But I think a lot of people do that. They have a God of their own making. And what happens? That God of their own making fails them. And He always will. Because we live in a sin-cursed, fallen world. And it's not the true God they're serving. But what about those of us who are serving the God of the Bible? The God we read about. We need to get in this book and really study God's character 
who God is because this is how he's revealed himself. This is how we know how God is and what he does. But even when we have gotten an understanding here, we have to be reminded of the scripture where it says that God's ways are so much higher than our ways and his thoughts higher than our thoughts. And we're never going to fully understand God because if we could, we would be God. He is greater, higher, wiser. But we can grow in understanding. And when you're struggling in your faith, you need to talk to Jesus. You need to go to prayer. And John did that. And the way he could at that time. He says, listen, fellas, I want you to go to Jesus. I want you to ask him this question. Are you the coming one? Or should we look for another? Now, those who say, oh, he was not struggling. He was trying to help his own disciples. That's why they sent him. I don't see that there. I see a man of flesh and blood. John needed Jesus just as much as we need Jesus. He was a sinner. There's only one perfect one's ever lived. It's Jesus. And John's struggling. I, I'm convinced of it. If I'm wrong, I hope that John will tell me when I get to heaven. You know that sermon you preach? You're wrong. Okay, I'm sorry. But I see a man struggling here. And more than likely, I see a lot of people struggling here. And can I just remind you and let you know this? You're looking at a man that struggles too. You're a preacher, I know. And that makes it worse sometimes. Because I not only deal with my issues and my doubts and my questions, I deal with a lot of other people's too. So what do we do when we're struggling in our faith? We talk to Jesus. Are you ready for the second thing we do? We hear from Jesus. We listen to Jesus. <laughs> you say, oh, I thought you were giving us something profound today. I am. There's nothing more profound than what I'm telling you right now. That you can talk to God and hear from God. See, we've become so accustomed to it. We have so many Bibles. We have so much access to the Scripture. We have so much access to this. We just take it for granted. We forget that people don't even have a, even a, a slip of the Scripture. Hear from Jesus. Let's look at what happens here. Now, we live in a day where we hear from so many sources. I was reminded this past week on Monday, I opened my email. That's always a dangerous thing to do, by the way, on a Monday is open your email. And I was greeted by this, this word. These words greeted me in my email. Good morning from Apple News. Good morning from Apple News. Good morning, Apple. And then I began to read the message from Apple News. My good morning message on a Monday morning. Here's what it said in the headlines that followed. Afghanistan falls to the Taliban. At least 1,297 people died in Haiti. What's making Americans so angry? Florida's hospitals are stacking patients in the hallways as the Delta variant surges. This map shows where extreme weather is getting worse. This was interesting. He was convicted of killing her brother. Now they're married. Good morning to you too. <laughs> Good Monday morning. Good morning. I'm going to dump the worst news I can dump on you on a Monday morning. Paul was right, wasn't he? 
When he wrote in Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true and noble and just and pure and lovely and good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Why? Because the world will constantly give you that which is not pure, that which is not good, that which is not uplifting, that which is the exact opposite of all of that. And I'm not saying we live with our heads in the sand. I'm not saying we deny or we ignore what's going on, but I'm saying that we are bombarded every single day with negativity and negative news and, and impure things and horrible things. We're hearing that, hearing that, hearing that. And the problem is we're not hearing from Jesus enough. That's the problem. Some people, they may watch cable news for four or five hours a night. They don't read their Bible five minutes a night. We need to hear from Jesus. We need to hear from Jesus. We always need to hear from Jesus, but especially when we're struggling or having doubts in our faith. I love what Jesus does here. Now remember, He just got asked a question that was from John. And what was the question? Are you the coming one or should we look for another? In other words, are you the Messiah? Are you the deliverer? Are you the one that... Are, are you Him? Or are we looking... Am I wrong? Am I looking for somebody else? Now I want you to see what Jesus did. He doesn't scold John. He doesn't ignore John. He doesn't shake his head in disgust at John because John had honest question, honest, I think, doubts here. And what Jesus does is He extends compassion, He extends truth, and He extends encouragement to His servant John. He doesn't tell John to look around at his prison cell. He doesn't tell John to look at the door that's bolted. He doesn't tell John to look at himself. He doesn't tell John to look at his fellow prisoners. He doesn't tell John to try to find some uplifting thing on television. He doesn't tell John to do anything else but to look to Jesus. Did you notice that? Did you notice what Jesus said to John? Notice where He directed John. Are you looking at it? Matthew eleven four, five and 6. Look at what it says. Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. And then He outlines them. Are you ready? The blind see and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. McDonald in his commentary summarized Jesus saying, I want you to understand what he's saying there. These are prophecies that are being fulfilled. Jesus answered by reminding John that he was performing the miracles predicted about the Messiah. The blind see, Isaiah 35, 5. The lame walk, Isaiah 35, 6. Lepers are cleansed, Isaiah 53, 4. The death here, Isaiah 35, 5. The dead are raised. That's not prophesied of the Messiah, but it's greater than those things that are. And then Jesus also reminded that the gospel was being preached to the poor in fulfillment to the messianic prophecy in Isaiah 61.1. In other words, what he does is he points John to see that the Scripture is being fulfilled by Jesus. Look at what Jesus is doing and realize what Jesus is doing is what was said He would do. Look at Jesus. Look at what He's doing. Look at what the Bible says the Messiah is going to do. In other words, listen, John, you're in prison. 
You're not doing what you want to do. You're not baptizing. You're not preaching. You're not doing any of that. But the Messiah is carrying on His mission. The Messiah is fulfilling prophecy. I am the one you're looking for. And then he adds this encouragement. This is an encouragement. Where he says there, Blessed is he who is not offended at me. Spurgeon said it this way, Blessed is he who can be left in prison, can be silenced in his testimony, can seem to be deserted of the Lord, and yet can shut out every doubt. John speedily regained this blessedness and fully recovered his serenity. In times of struggle in your faith, in your life as a believer, you need to hear from Jesus. You need to see Jesus. You say, well, how do I do that? How do I hear from Jesus? Again, I point you to this book. Did you notice that Jesus pointed John to the book? Isaiah. And, and, and this is the Word of God. This is how Jesus, this is how God reveals Himself to us. We need to hear from God. And the way to do that is to read this book. We need to go back and hear and see what Jesus' disciples saw and heard and recorded for us. This builds our faith. Do you notice what's happening here? So, we go from talking to God to hearing from God to watching and recognizing God's work and then therefore we can go on trusting God. An author by the name of John Butler had some good words. I want you to hear what he said. We have to have a perspective of life that takes in more than our present situation. We must look beyond today's problems to eternity's plan. Listen to this sentence. If today's situation was the final conclusion of life, it would be filled with a host of inequities. Indeed, God would be unjust. But today is not the end of the show. John the Baptist was imprisoned in an unjust situation as one could imagine. Herod was in the palace above him indulging in a host of fleshly wants. What inequity, but that is not the end game. Listen to what he said. Much time has come and gone since those days, nearly 2,000 years. In that time, John has enjoyed the bliss of heaven while Herod has experienced the burning of hell. John has been praised by generation after generation for nearly two millenniums while Herod has been scorned. But that is not all either. There is still an eternity for both John and Herod to continue their experiences. When we duly consider these truths, we'll not likely be offended in Jesus. Now here's what he said in conclusion. It is the short-sighted view, the short-sighted view that has problems of being offended. That is the view which Satan emphasizes. He ever concentrates our present lack and ignores our future provisions. And of course, such an emphasis will cause the flesh to complain about God's care, which is exactly what Satan wants us to do. And so what I'm saying to you is you've got to take the long view, not the short view. Yes, at that moment, Herod is enjoying the lap of luxury. John the Baptist is in prison. If you know the story, it's not going to get any better on earth for John. But now for these thousands of years, 
John's been in the glory of the Lord in his presence. And Herod's been burning in hell. Now you might be thinking, well, let me understand this then. You're saying that if I'm struggling in my faith, I need to pray and read my Bible. That's what you're telling me. That's not what I said. I said when you're struggling, you need to talk to Jesus and hear from Jesus. Say, wait a minute. I thought you said that's how you do it. You pray and you read your Bible. I did, but I'm making a very important distinction. A lot of people pray and they never really talk to Jesus. And a lot of people read their Bible and they never really hear from Jesus. There's a difference. A lot of people just want to, I've got to check this off. I got my checklist. Read through the Bible a year. By the way, I'm not despising that. Please read through your Bible. But listen, I'd rather you read one verse and hear from God than read ten chapters and don't know what you read. Oh, I've got to pray five minutes. Check it off my list. No, talk to Jesus. See the distinction? One of the reasons we, we are so struggling at times is because we're going through the motions and we're not really fellowshipping with the Lord. I know it sounds simple, but when you get to the place of struggles in your faith, sometimes the hardest thing to do is to pray and read your Bible. <laughs> That's the last thing you want to do. Why? You're struggling your faith. I'm not sure that I really want to talk to God. I'm kind of upset right now. I'm not sure I really want to hear from the Lord. I, I'm kind of upset right now. And what I'm saying to you is bring that to the Lord. The Lord can handle that. You think you can't be honest with the Lord? Go back and read the Psalms. Look at what David said to the Lord. Now, don't be irreverent. Don't be disrespectful. You are entering into the presence of Almighty God. But listen, you're not fooling anybody, especially God. And you can come in and you can say, Lord, I, I just want you to know I'm upset about this. I'm struggling. I don't know what you're doing. Why won't you help me? Because John, I think, was saying... If you're the coming one, then why am I in this prison? But then he received the message and his faith was strengthened and he was helped. You can bring your doubt, your disappointment, your depression, your despondency, your questions. And the Bible says to cast all of that upon the Lord because he cares for you. But I've got to tell you something very important before we close up shop. I'm not saying today there'll be immediate deliverance from your troubles. I, I, I should be honest with you because you may not come back for the next time we preach on this. I just got to tell you the rest of the story a little bit. John never got out of that prison alive. Never did. He was never restored to preaching and baptizing. In fact, it's a horrible story. What happens from a human level, it's a horrible story that's about to play out in John's life from a human standpoint. But we're not viewing things from a human standpoint. We're taking the long view, the eternal view. That God has a higher, greater thought and plan for our lives. And those doubts that you have, bring them to the Lord. But it may take a while. God is patient and God is loving and God is kind and God is gentle when He needs to be. And sometimes, listen, sometimes He's very blunt. He knows how to best deal with us. And sometimes we bring something and the Lord says, no. Or don't ask about that again. You've got to trust me in that. I mean, didn't, didn't He say to Paul, the thorn in the flesh? Take it away, take it away, take it away. No! Don't ask me to take it away. I'm going to strengthen you in the midst of it. 
God knows exactly what he's doing and how to best help us. So if you're struggling today, what do you do? You go to Jesus and talk with him. And you're just honest with him. And you just lay it out for him. And then you don't do all the talking. You talk to the Lord, then you hush. And you listen to Jesus talk to you. And you choose by faith to trust Him. And you choose by faith to follow Him. And you choose by faith to remember that this is not all there is. This is not the end of the story. At best, at best, everybody listening to me, I don't know if there's any babies in here at the moment or not, at best, a hundred years. If they live to be 100, they're just born. Most of us, a lot less. Aren't you encouraged by that? You ought to be. You know why? If you're a believer, to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. And when the Lord comes back in glory in His second coming, He's going to bring back our spirit, our soul, rejoin it with a new, improved, 2.0, perfect edition of you and me for all eternity. The problem, though, is we're still stuck in 1.0 right now. <laughs> now, you go to Him, talk to Him, listen to Him, trust Him, walk in faith, think about eternity, and you say, well, wait a minute, I, I, I've done that or I'm going to do that, but what if I'm still struggling? Repeat the process. What if I'm still struggling? Repeat the process. Keep on talking, keep on listening, keep on trusting, keep on walking. Because He's perfect. His timing is perfect. His way is perfect. His wisdom is perfect. Everything about Him is perfect. Even when we don't understand it. Father, we love You today. We're grateful for John the Baptist. Thank You, Lord, that You record Many of these characters' stories, and when you paint their picture and tell their story, you include the good, the bad, and the ugly. Lord, I know I've got some brothers and sisters today that are struggling. I pray you to minister to their hearts. And I pray, Lord, if anybody listening does not know Jesus, may this be the moment where they turn from their sin and place their faith in Christ alone. We love you. We trust you. We follow you in faith. Help us, Lord. You know we're weak and needy. And so we're leaning on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 424. Closing him, I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear these burdens alone. That's a good word, isn't it? The altar's open. You come and pray today. Need to be saved, come let us know that. Want to come and pray about a matter? Want to come pray over him today? Let's do it now. Let's do it now. 424, let's stand together and say, I must go.